age, I'd get five, six hours sleep no matter when I go to bed. So that was my mistake. I had a feeling I was going to wake up early in the morning because I went to bed like at uh, probably 8.30, 9 o'clock. So at 3 o'clock this morning, I'm like ready to go, you know, and I'm, you know, if I had energy, I would have done jumping jacks. But instead, I woke up with a couple songs rolling through my head because today we're talking about follow me and love one another. And uh, there was a, a song we used to sing in Young Life when I was a kid a long time ago. And it basically was love, 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 love. The gospel in one word is love. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Love, love, love. Anybody ever heard that? Well, now you know the words. We're going to sing it, okay? Um, Yesterday I was here, uh, Joe Schwartz did this amazing teaching on St. Francis, who I love. Francis is cool. Give it up for Francis. But he also showed this really cool clip uh, that Francis Chan, Francis' popular name, got a pope named Francis, Francis Schaefer, hello, pretty popular name. But anyway, saw this clip, and uh, the clip uh, where uh, Francis Chan was talking about the church, and he said the church should be more like a gym instead of a movie. So today, we're actually going to give you a chance to have some interaction. We're going to start with singing love, 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 love. The gospel in one word is love. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Love, love, love. Now, we're going to start with love, 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 love. Love, 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 love. Love, 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 love. We've already scared the Copelands. Love, 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 love. Okay? They're saying, I'm out of here. All right? And if we do this right, it'll be kind of this glorious round. Okay? It'll be like just a wonderful thing. Okay? So I'm going to start you... Just to let you know, my primary gift is not singing, so sing out, okay? Love, 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 the gospel in one word is love. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Love, love, love. Okay, so that round really didn't work because I didn't move in time. But you guys know your part now. The rest of you know what to do, okay? Okay, so we're going to do it again. Love, love, love. Love, love, love. Okay. And at some point, I'll probably start humming so you don't hear me up here. Then, Love, 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 love. Love, 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 love. Love, 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 love. Love, 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 love. Oh, I forgot to tell you when to stop. So that's awesome. Guys, give yourself a hand. All right. Okay. Something you can sing to the kids later on today. You know, that's, a, no, that's good. No, that's great. You know, it's like, and this, now that you know the song, it's like, if nothing else, you walk away. You could just, you're checking out at Kroger later on today. What did you learn today? The gospel in a word is love. Love, love, love. I know a tune. Okay, second one I thought about that was running through my head this morning, 3 o'clock this morning, uh, and I tried to interrupt the cycle by taking a dose of NyQuil. Then it's like I was like, wake up, Bob. You know, at 6 o'clock this morning, my alarm's going off. Wake up, Bob. Well, anyway, second song. uh, We used to sing, when I went to Bible college, we always would sing before we would eat. And so we were really spiritual. And, And so we always would sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to each other. Anybody know 
First uh, John 4, 7 and 8. Anybody know that song? Wendy, help me out here. Okay, so I'm up here performing without a net, people. So this was the other song. I felt like the Holy Spirit may have wanted us to hear this today. Okay. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. Thanks, Jane, for God is love. So, beloved, let us love one another. First John 4, 7 and 8. Bam. Okay. All right. It's feeling more like a gym this morning, right? Than a movie. It's interactive. Okay, good. There will be more to do later. All right. Uh, so we're talking about, where'd my glasses go? Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. I tell you, you hit 50 and the cheese slips off the cracker quick. <laughs> Thanks for catching the cheese. Uh, so follow me and love one another. Uh, I, I've got to share this with you. Kids, kids are great. I, I love working with kids and they have all kinds of things to say. They say the funniest thing. That's what Art Linklater used to say. Uh, here's some statements from an article. What is love from a kid's point of view? Um, when my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. That's love. Uh, when someone loves you the way... They say your name is different. You know that your name is safe in their mouth. Love is when my mommy makes coffee for my daddy and she takes a sip before giving it to him to make sure it tastes okay. <laughs> I love this one. Uh, love is what's in the room with, with you at Christmas if you stop opening presents and listen. Isn't that good? Love is like a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends even after they know each other so well. <laughs> this one really touched me. We got a little dog named Charlie Brown. He's a dorky. He's a dachshund Yorkie mix, and we leave him home all day. Love is when your puppy licks your face even after you left him alone all day. Last one. You really shouldn't say I love you unless you mean it, but if you mean it, you should say it a lot. All right? Aren't those sweet? But you know what? Love isn't all about puppies and rainbows. Love sometimes is a lot of work. Right? It's like in, sometimes as we're loving each other well, well, ugh, it can be painful. Sometimes we're called to speak the truth in love and really get in and really love each other. Okay? One of those verses that talks about that is uh, 1 Corinthians 12. The Apostle Paul tells us that we are the body of Christ. The body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, we were all given the same spirit to drink. Now, it's God's intention that we function like a body, where each member of the body works in harmony with all the other members of the body. When one member suffers, we all feel that pain. When one member rejoices, 
the whole body rejoices. Steve Brown is one of my heroes, and he speaks on this idea of that, what it really means, and he says this, loving someone means being so closely connected to them that what happens to them, in a sense, happens to you. If I really love someone, when they cry, I ought to taste salt. Isn't that good? Uh, I love this clip from Coach Carter. And in this clip, you're going to actually see this young man who got kicked off the team. And Samuel Jackson is actually kind of a tough coach. And he said, okay, dude, you want back on the team? Here's what you have to do. Well, this guy does as much as he can. And you'll see him. He's a sausage. Okay? I'll tell you what that means. Trisha and I, when we are both really tired, and we can't even say, I'm exhausted, all we can sometimes just say is, I'm a sausage. So we know that we are beyond tired if we say, I'm a sausage, okay? This guy is a sausage. Man, he's been bringing it. He did everything he can do. But then something really cool happens. So, Randy, lights, please. Popcorn, movie clip. All right, that's it for today. We have a game tomorrow, so get some rest tonight. See, he's a sausage. Remember, ties and jackets tomorrow. Clay. Mr. Cruz, I'm impressed with what you've done, but you came up short. You owe me 80 suicides and 500 push-ups. Please leave my gym. Thanks, Clyde. Gentlemen, see you tomorrow. Damn. I'll do push-ups for him. Yes. You said we're a team. One person struggles and we all struggle. One player triumphs, we all triumph, right? I'll do some. I'll run suicides too. I do some too. <laughs> we can give the clip a clap. Clip clap. Nice. I mean, that was love there, people. That was the body. That was the, the units getting to, the unit getting together and just kind of helping each other. And I'm sure none of those guys really wanted to do that, but they did it because it's what needed done. You know, and that's what we're called to, right? Cool. All right. In the New Testament, there are two words that keep popping up like mushrooms all over the place. Almost always, they refer to the body of Christ. 
Almost always, they're commands about the way we should operate as the body of Christ. They tell us how we should live as followers of Christ. And these commands are not addressed to individual. They're addressed to groups of believers. And those two remarkable words are one another. One another. There's a bunch of one another's in the Bible. The Greek word for one another denotes a reciprocal and a mutual work on the part of believers toward one another. It occurs in 58 times in the New Testament, not excluding, I mean, excluding the Gospels. So if you're counting, it's there a lot. Most of the one another commands are positive commands, how we should treat one another. But there are also negative commands, how we should not treat one another. I'm going to go over a few of them. I actually have a complete list at the Connection Center. Love one another. It it, uh, occurs 16 times. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. That's harmony. Universal harmony. And also church and the people. Okay. All right. Uh, Build up one another. Be like-minded towards one another. Accept one another. Admonish one another. Greet one another. And if you're in a kissy mood, greet one another with a holy kiss. 1 Peter 5.14 I've told you this before, but I was in Ohio in a rural area around a lot of German Baptist farmers. They took this scripture literally. So when a German Baptist came to my church, he would come up and greet me and kiss me on the mouth. I'm like, oh my, I wasn't ready for that. I mean, a cheek maybe, but whoa. And then they'd go sit down, and they had like hands like vice grips, so you just went with it, all right? All right. Uh, let me see. Care for one another. Serve one another. Bear one another's burdens. Forgive one another. Be patient with one another. Submit to one another. Consider others better than yourselves. Look to the interests of one another. Bear with one another. Teach one another. Comfort one another. Encourage one another. Hey, bitter, bitter, bitter. It goes on and on, okay? Stir up, provoke, stimulate one another to love and good works. Hebrews 10.24. Let's move on to what we shouldn't do. Okay, negative commands. Do not lie to one another. Stop passing judgments on one another. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, you'll be destroyed by each other. So no eating each other, okay? No cannibalism in the body, all right? Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Do not slander one another. Don't grumble against one another. You ever grumble against someone? (laughs) That's what it sounds like. Okay. Why are we commanded to do these things and not do some of these other things? It's because we're a body, right? We're a body. Because if we start doing this stuff, we're hurting ourselves, right? And you want to be good to yourselves. Be good to the body, all right? God bless you wherever you are, all right? Uh, That's the sort of lifestyle the Lord expects us to live, where we take care of each other, where we really love one another. Now, some amazing things happened when we decided to follow Jesus. One of the amazing things that happened is God became our father. That was pretty cool. We became sons and daughters of God. Also pretty cool. We were adopted into his family. Also, pretty cool, yeah. But here's a bit where we don't get any choice. We don't get to choose the family that we're members of. 
We found ourselves in this huge big family of adopted children that we didn't pick, but God picked. It was like Jesus picking the disciples. Do you know what Simon the Zealot was like? I mean, do you know what zealots were like in the day? He was one of the disciples. Simon the Zealot was like modern-day suicide bomber, okay? Get up close to the target, a zealot would. I sound like Yoda. (laughs) And then cut loose, doing as much damage as you can with that little dagger. The zealots would carry this short little dagger under their cloaks, probably bigger than that. Get up close to a Roman soldier or a Jew who collaborated with the Romans and stick that dagger up under the ribs of their target. Like Psycho, just need the music. One of the zealots' favorite targets were tax collectors who collaborated with the Romans. People like Matthew. Can you imagine the day when Jesus does the introductions with the new disciples? Simon, meet Matthew. Hi, Matthew. What did you do before you joined Jesus? I bet it was a long handshake. Matthew was backing up. Matthew would have held on to Simon's hand for a long time to make sure he wasn't reaching for his dagger. Matthew would have been thinking, Jesus, why in the world are you choosing zealots to be your followers? Especially when you also choose tax collectors to be your followers. We don't get along. And why didn't you choose loudmouth Peter? And James and John, the pretty boys, let me sit on the right and the left hand. Who are this? What, what are your choices about? And here's the deal. Jesus didn't expect these guys just to put up with each other, just to get along. He expected them to love one another. To really, really love one another. That was a big deal. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a command. John 13, 34 through 35. So now I am giving in a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. With a little quiver. By our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. When I sing that around the campfire as a kid, I always got that quiver. Like, by our love. That's amazing. That's how they'll know. Kind of like when you pray with people, you have to squeeze at the end. Don't forget to squeeze. All right? <laughs> Prayer's not over till you squeeze. All right? Okay. So all these one another commands, the New Testament, I think there really are, all these one another commands are basically the outworking of how we love one another. Well, if we are loving each other well, well then we're going to honor one another. If we love each other well, then... We're going to serve one another. It goes on and on and on. Paul says it in Romans 13.8. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. So Paul says it. Jesus says it. Peter says it. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other. As brothers and sisters, love each other deeply with all your heart. 
And John is so convinced about this love thing that he writes entire letters all about loving. 1 John 3.11, this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. And he goes on to say, and this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he has commanded us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Now, if we've been in the kingdom for even a few days, we know this. The problem isn't knowing this. The problem is doing this, this love thing. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to talk about how you know, we can practically flesh this out. But I'm going to do it in kind of a different way. Uh, I'm going to finish out, and I'm going to tell you a true story. I'm not going to talk to you more about how we love each other. Instead, I'm going to tell you the story. And when I'm done with this story, you're going to have a choice. When I finish the story, I'm not going to have a closing prayer. There's not going to be any more singing. The singing part is done. All right? You're probably, thank God. All right? At the end of the, at the, end of the story, you have a choice. You can go home, beat the Baptist to Wendy's, whatever you need to do. You can actually come on up because the prayer teams will be up here because you may need some practical loving on this morning. I have a boo-boo and I need healing or whatever. We got people that are good at that. They'll be up here. And the rest of you, third choice, is you can just love one another for the rest of the time we're together. So here's the story. Juan Carlos Ortiz, for many years, was the pastor of one of the largest churches in Argentina. One Sunday, he had prepared a sermon on loving one another. He had prayed over the sermon. He had, he had actually carefully crafted every word of the sermon just to make sure it had the impact he wanted it to have. He really believed it was God's word for his people that day. As he got up from his chair to preach, the Lord spoke to him. This was his conversation with God. His name was Juan, so I'm sure he heard Juan. How many sermons have you preached on this theme of loving one another? I don't know, Lord, maybe a dozen or so. And how many times have you exhorted the congregations and other sermons to love one another? I don't know, maybe a dozen or more. Have they done any good, Juan? That conversation with God ended the moment Pastor Ortiz positioned himself behind the pulpit. The Lord's words were ringing in his ears. He thought to himself, I have preached dozens of sermons on love, and what good have they done? The congregation still spends more time looking after their own interests than others. They barely know one another. They're not friends with each other. They barely talked to one another after church service. Juan Carlos stood silent in the pulpit. His congregation waited for him to begin his sermon. Pastor Ortiz began his sermon. Love one another. He then went and sat down. 
The people looked at one another thinking that they had missed something. They were accustomed to a sermon of nearly an hour, not three seconds. The congregation did not know what to do. After what seemed like an eternity, Juan Carlos walked back to the pulpit. The people repositioned themselves in their pews, assuming that he would now deliver his message. Juan Carlos again said, Love one another. You've heard this. And then he sat down again. Heads really began to turn. Some people started to murmur. Though that is a command. That we're not supposed to murmur and grumble against each other, right? No one knew what to do. Pastor Ortiz again waited, and then he walked to the pulpit. He waited for the congregation to become settled. And then for the third time, he said, Love one another. He then returned to his chair behind the pulpit. By now, there was a stirring through the congregation. People began talking to one another. People started asking each other if they knew what their pastor was up to. Finally, an elder stood up and spoke, because that's what elders do. He said, I think that I understand what Pastor Ortiz means. He wants me to love you, pointing to someone in the pew behind him. But how can I love you when I don't even know your name? So, with that, the elder introduced himself and began to meet the people behind him. Others got up from their pews and introduced themselves to people they had seen but not met. Phone numbers were exchanged. Dinner invitations were extended. Arrangements were made for financial assistance. Before the service ended, someone raised money for bus tickets so that a family could return to their village. Another man arranged employment for a man out of work, and someone offered an apartment to a homeless family. The most powerful and most remembered sermon Juan Carlos Ortiz has ever preached was just three words. So the word of the Lord is the same for us today. Let us love one another.